right. Well, good morning again. It is so good uh, to be with you. It's great to have our kids with us in worship, and I want to welcome those of you who are watching online. I uh, want to highlight one announcement uh, that uh, Christmas Mingle, uh, this is the last Sunday for you to get tickets for that Christmas Mingle. It's going to be a phenomenal time. Um, It's the Christmas party you don't have to clean up after. Um, And so I hope that you'll all come. Uh, If you haven't stopped by the lobby and picked up your Christmas Mingle tickets um, yet, I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll be a part of it. Um, it'll just be, we, we need more opportunities for us just to be together, for us to just connect uh, relationally and just spend some time uh, laughing and hearing some good music and connecting with people that are part of the church. And so I hope you'll be a part of that. <clears throat> I want to just uh, encourage you um, one more time. Uh, we're, we're in this second week of this anticipation uh, series. Uh, last week we talked about the hope that Christmas brings us. Today we're talking about love and, and understanding the depth of God's love for us and how we can then respond to that. Uh, and then in the coming weeks we're going to talk about peace and joy. And then on Christmas Day uh, we are going to uh, have church on Christmas Day. I know it's like, what? We're having great. Yes, we're having church on Christmas Day, on the 25th. Uh, there's going to be a special service. Uh, if you normally come to this 9 o'clock service and you show up at 9 o'clock, you will be early. Uh, On Christmas Day, there's only one service, and it's at 10 a.m., and I hope to see you. Um, You know, we communicate over and over, Christmas is about Jesus, Christmas is about Jesus, until Christmas lands on Christmas Day, and then we go, what? Uh, No, that's my, I open presents and family traditions, and I do this, and I I just want to, if you're a follower of Jesus, is Christmas about those things, or is Christmas about Jesus? And um, I just want to challenge you um, to include Jesus in your Christmas celebration. And I know that's different, and it doesn't happen every year, um, but especially if you have kids, um, we give our kids mixed messages when we tell them Christmas is about Jesus, Christmas is about Jesus, Christmas is about Jesus, and then on Christmas Day we don't come and worship uh, because, well, that's inconvenient on Christmas Day. And So I just want to challenge you uh, to find a way to include Jesus in your Christmas celebration and be a part of that. Um, and then uh, there's about, right now, over half of our church is a part of the Advent text messages. Um, And so there's this slide here. If you have not yet signed up, it's not too late. Um, There's a daily text going out. Just gives a a brief scripture and a reflection and a prayer. Um, And you can pull your phone out right now. You can text that number 833-224-1404 and just text the word Advent or text read Advent, either one, and it'll automatically subscribe you. Uh, and I would love uh, for us all to be on the same page as we uh, move towards Christmas together and as our hearts are changed, as we study and read Scripture and pray together the same prayers. And so I uh, hope you'll be a part of that. Um, it is, it's impossible to fully experience Christmas for what it is meant to be experienced if we don't understand the depth of God's love for us, and we don't understand um, how that love uh, comes to us, and then how that changes uh, who we are and how we're supposed to live. And so you can have a good holiday season. You, you can have a good holiday season without understanding the depth of God's love, but you can't ever fully experience Christmas in the way Christmas was intended to be experienced if you don't understand God's love for you, 
and you don't understand how God's love for you is calling you to change the way you live. And so um, I, I want us to do a few things today. First, I want us to look at a different kind of Christmas story. There's no swaddling clothes there's no manger, there's no sheep, there's no, um, I mean, all the stuff that you normally think in a Christmas passage that we're going to study, none of that's uh, in this passage. But I think this could become your favorite Christmas passage, even though it's a very different Christmas passage. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, uh, it's towards the back of the New Testament uh, if you want to just start at Revelation and go backwards, sometimes that's easier. Uh, but 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verses 7 through 19. Um, and I just kind of want to break this up, and I want to talk about it as we go. But um, here, here it is, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Let me just pause right there. The, one of the first things that we need to understand at Christmas when we're talking about love is we are not the originators of love. It didn't start with us. It starts with God. Uh, it, it's all about what God does for us. You are not the beginning of love. It always starts with God. It, it is um, Love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And, and here's, here's the Christmas story part. Here's where it kind of turns into potentially the best Christmas passage of all time. Verse 9 says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I want you to just hear this verse again. And I want you to just internalize this. And I'd love for you to personalize this. And, and this isn't always a good idea, uh, but I, I think this is important on, on this particular passage. And I, I just want us to hear this personalized to you. God showed how much he loved you by sending his one and only son into the world so that you might have eternal life through him. And this is real love, not that you loved God, but that he loved you and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away your sins. I just, I want you to just internalize that. I want you to understand the depth of God's love for you. The lengths that God has gone to reach out to you with his grace and his love and his mercy. It goes on in verse 11. It says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. And furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So how do we know that God loves us? We know that he loves us because he sent his son to be the savior of the world. This is the Christmas story. God loved us. 
God sent his son for us so that we could be saved from our sin. Verse 15 says this, All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God and our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. These are, these are powerful verses. I, this is, these are some of the best Christmas verses, even though they're not typically Christmassy type verses. I, I think these are powerful reminders for us what Christmas is all about. So in your notes, if you're taking them, you can write this down. Putting Christmas in the right perspective. The reason for the season is sin. You didn't expect that one. Um, the, the reason for the season is sin, right? I mean, I, you know, we, we talk about you know, the reason for the season is this, the reason for that. There, there's one reason for the season of Christmas, and it's your sin, and it's my sin. That is the reason that Christmas exists. The, the reason for the season is sin. Um, let me read to you just a couple of familiar uh, Christmas passages in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. It says this, As he considered this, this is Joseph considering, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Chapter 1 Book one of the New Testament, after 500 years of silence of God, no prophet speaking, 500 years of silence of, of people waiting for the voice of the Lord to speak, waiting and hoping and longing for a Savior, the world longing for a Savior. In chapter one of the first book of the New Testament, we find out why Jesus came. The angel said he is to be named Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The, the reason Jesus came was your sin and my sin. Now, uh, we, we don't talk about sin a lot at Christmas. Uh, it's not, not kind of the highlight, um, but it's true. It's the reason for the season. Listen to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. That night... There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, the Savior, yes, the Lord, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 
and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And, and I think these shepherds, they're like the Savior. Well, wh- what do we need to be saved from? Is there like a, a marauding, raiding party coming for our sheep? What, what do we need to be saved for? Is there, are there some wolves out there? Is there a bear going to attack? Like, what, what do we need a Savior for? The reason that they needed a Savior was for their sin. The reason we need a Savior is for our sin. Um, I I just think uh, it goes back to this reason for the season. And it's good news for every single one of us. It's good news for all of us here. It's good news for all of you who are watching online that, that we need to be saved from our sin and God provided the way. He provided the, the means for it, your sin, my sin. And, and over time, sin has been lost from Christmas. Let me just think about this. If I, if I were to ask all of you right now, hey, name the top 10 things you think about at Christmas, would any of you have said sin? No. I mean, we don't have sin Christmas ornaments. Do you have a sin Christmas ornament on your tree, right? This is the sin Christmas ornament um, that is, you know, like we hang this and you ceremonially put it on your tree, kids. This is the sin ornament. And we, we put this on the tree to remind us that Jesus came because of our sin. I, you know, we, we don't really do that. Um, you don't have sin Christmas wrapping paper, do you? Um, you know, like, hey, this is the sin Christmas wrapping paper. You wrap it up and, and all these presents were opening and we're, we're reminded that it was our sin that Christmas came about. We, we don't do sin Christmas paper. We don't do sin. You don't have one of those yards laser things that spells sin in cursive on your house over and over and over and over like sin 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 like none we just we don't think about sin when it comes to Christmas and yet that's the reason for the season and this sounds kind of like like a you know Debbie Downer here that we're like talking about this but it's it's true and the good news is coming the good news is coming but we've got to start with sin um I was looking at uh, some of the top Christmas songs. Uh, We've kind of lost sin in in Christmas music. And so like if you look at just popular secular Christmas music, uh, certainly sin is not a part of that secular music at all. And um, the the top list, uh, Spotify did a list of the top Spotify playlists this year that are being played right now above all other songs. Number one is it any surprise, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. I mean, come on, that's just a great song, right? I mean, you just, you gotta love that song. Um, Number two, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas by Michael Buble. Number three, Last Christmas by Wham. Uh, Number four was Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Then uh, It's the Most Wonderful Time of Year by Andy Williams. And then Happy Christmas by John Lennon. I mean, so these are the most played this year on Spotify uh, Christmas songs that are being played right now. Um, None of those deal with sin. None of those talk about sin. In fact, most of of the songs that we sing at this time of year don't really address sin. And yet, if you go back far enough, if you go back far enough, you can find that there are songs that deal with sin. In fact, if you go back to the 1700s, uh, there was a song called God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And in God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, the lyrics of that song go like this. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power, 
when we were gone astray. O tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. O tidings of comfort and joy. Why was Christ the Savior born? Why, how is it possible for people to live with comfort and joy? How can you be one of those merry people? Uh, they say merry men. We'll say merry people. Uh, we'll, we'll include you ladies in that. You can be merry as well. Um, but, but what is it uh, that causes us to be merry people? What is it that causes us to live with comfort and joy? It's because... Jesus came and he was born on Christmas Day to save us from Satan's power and for our going astray. Because we were off running in our own direction. We didn't want anything to do with God. We weren't doing the right thing. We were astray. And it was because we were astray and it was because of our sin that Jesus came. And because he came, we can be merry and we can have comfort and we can have joy. Um, the, and here's, here's the thing. Um, Satan knows that if people can understand God's love and, and understand the depth of God's love for them and, and receive it fully, that it will change them. And, and it's, it's contagious. Here's the thing. If you can ever really get a hold of God's love and you can ever understand that God's not looking for you to perform better and, and act better and, and be better, um, if you can ever fully understand the depth of God's love for you, that he loves you as you are, and he does call you to a holy life, but he doesn't love you because you're living a holy life. He doesn't love you because you're performing good. He, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If we can ever fully grasp that, it's contagious. We can't help but share it with the people around us. And Satan knows that, and because Satan knows that, he tries to distract us with all kinds of things to pull us away from the understanding that Christmas is about God's love for us. Um, one, of the, one of the early Christmas songs we have that is far from mommy kissing Santa Claus um, is, uh, is this, O Holy Night, uh, written in 1847. Um, and this is, these are the lyrics to this song, and you know this, uh, but uh, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices, O oh, night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night divine. And, and I think if we were to maybe ask what are the top 10 Christmas songs of all time, some of us would have chosen that as is, is one of the top 10 of all time Christmas songs. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful song, but in that song, it talks about sin. It talks about how sin is the reason. It, it's it's, uh, it's that we were in our sin and error pining. And, and I, you know, pining isn't a word we use a lot. I don't know, maybe you throw out pining a lot. I'm, I, I, I was wondering this week, what, what exactly is pining? Like, I think, well, I pine for a cup of coffee this morning. I'm pining. Uh, I don't know. So I, I looked it up. This is pining. Pining is to yearn deeply, to suffer with longing, to long painfully for something. And so the world was laying in sin and error pining. They, they, were, they were just 
looking in all the wrong places for hope and meaning and purpose and uh, we were kind of living out page three of the Bible. Page, page one and two, God creates everything in Genesis. A, a good and gracious and loving Father creates a perfect world. And page three, humanity is given free will, and humanity chooses to go our own direction. And we choose to reject the loving God who gave us everything, and we choose to go our way, and we go our separate way in sin. And, and, and it says um, in, our, in our sin and error pining, and we choose to walk away from God. At, at some point in your life, you chose to walk away from God. If you're a follower of Jesus here, uh, good news is, is you turned back and you received that love. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus here or you're watching online and you're not yet a follower, you're choosing to walk away from the love of God. But, but all of us, at some point, chose to walk away from God's love. And it doesn't mean we're doing evil things. It just means we're not living in the way that God calls us to live. We're not walking in the way God calls us to walk. And so, we lay in our brokenness, and we are pining in our own sin, and we don't have joy, and we don't have relationships that, that we want. We don't have peace. We don't have contentment, and we're searching for all of that, and the world is promising us it in so many places. Uh, the, the world tells us it's going to be wrapped up under the tree this Christmas, that, that you're going to find fulfillment and peace and hope in what's under the tree. You're going to find fulfillment and peace and hope in the relationships that you have this Christmas. And if, if you're missing one of those relationships, then you can't have the hope and peace and joy of Christmas. And I want to tell you that Christmas is not about the presence under the tree, and Christmas isn't about relationships with other people, and Christmas isn't about anything else other than us experiencing something at a soul level and being reminded of what we have experienced at a soul level, that our sins were taken away because Jesus came. That he, God loved us that much. I mean, think about that. That's what Christmas is about, understanding the depth of God's love for us. And in this song, it tells us the answer to our problem when we are pining in our own sin. Fall on your knees. The solution is given in the song. It's because of our sin, and the answer is falling on our knees and repenting and receiving this love that God has for us. And so if, if we don't understand the reason for the season, we will miss the motive behind the season. And the motive is love. So the reason for the season is sin. The motive behind the season is love. It's the reason um, that, that God chose to come and make right our sins and, and the fact that we were apart from God and separated from God and broken and, and struggling in all of these different areas. And so uh, we're, we're longing for something that we can't fix. We're longing for something that we can't change and God intervened on our behalf. And so God started this, not you. God started this, not me. It starts with God, and this is, this is the defining difference between Christianity and so many different world religions. Um, in Christianity, it does not start with our good behavior. It does not start with our holy life. It starts with us being sinful and God saying, I'm going to intervene on their behalf, and I'm going to do something for them because they can't fix themselves. If you could fix yourself, 
you wouldn't need God. But guess what? You can't fix yourself. I can't fix myself. But the good news of Christmas is that God sent his son to fix us. And, and he understands that we can't do this. And so he sent Jesus. God said, this is something that I am going to do. And um, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but the first time that the word love is mentioned in the Bible, the first time, I would call out for guesses, but you'd guess wrong. So I, I, uh, this, this is one of those like Bible trivia things. I was like a uh, you know, pastoral ministries major in college, went to seminary, had no idea about this until I was preparing uh, for this and, and doing some digging. Um, but one of these fun fact Bible trivia things, the first time the word love shows up in the Bible, it is in the book of Genesis, but it's not until chapter 22, verse 2. Chapter 22, verse 2 of the book of Genesis is the first time love shows up. And it's not talking about God's love for us. It's not talking about our love for God. It's not talking about any of those things. The first time the word love shows up in the Bible is a story about Abraham and Sarah. And God says to Abraham that he's going to make him a great nation. And if he trusts him and he follows him, and if he will go and, and do the things that he calls him to do, that he will make a great nation out of him, and he will give him a son. And at this time, he was really, really old, and Sarah was really, really old. And, and they just were like, you know, there's just no way we're going to be able to have kids. But God promised, and Abraham chose to believe that he would have a child. And so he's given Isaac. And in Genesis chapter... 22, verse 2, it says this, Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain which I will show you. Now, if you're new to church, you're new to the Bible, heads up, God didn't really want him to sacrifice Isaac. He stops him. He, he had no intent of him sacrificing his son, but he wanted to know where his heart was. And the first time love shows up in the Old Testament is this story of God calling this father to sacrifice the son that he loved so much. Fast forward to the New Testament. If we were to play some Bible trivia and I were to say, hey, where in the New Testament is the first time the word love shows up in the New Testament? You would find that the first time the word shows up in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 3, the first book of the New Testament, chapter 3, verse 17. And um, this is what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Matthew 3.17, Jesus has just been baptized, and after his baptism, we hear this, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. I want you to understand the parallel here, that in the Old Testament, the first time the word love shows up is a father who is being called to sacrifice his son. And the first time the word love shows up in the New Testament is a father expressing how much he loves his son who was sent to be sacrificed on our behalf. And Abraham was not asked to go through with that sacrifice, 
But there's some powerful imagery there for us to understand the depth of God's love. That The first time this word shows up is, is the power of sacrificing a son who is well-loved uh, in the Old Testament and then pointing to that even in the New Testament. I would just ask you, what makes a great Christmas present? When you think about, um, man, that, that's a really good Christmas present. If you think about that, um, you know, what, what really determines a great Christmas present? Maybe the value, the cost of it. Um, maybe a great Christmas present is the, the, the meaning and the, and the, the personal connection uh, that's behind it. Maybe a great Christmas present is the usefulness of it. Maybe the rarity of it. There's, there's all kinds of things that would determine something being a great Christmas present. And I just want you to understand that all of those things times a bajillion are the greatest Christmas present of all when God sent his son for you. That, that every year at Christmas you get to unwrap that and you get to celebrate the fact that your sins were made right. Not because you're good enough, not because you've behaved well enough, not because you're righteous enough, but because God sent his son for you while you were yet a sinner. Christ came and died for you. And so some of us at Christmas, we think, you know, God would, you know, if God would just show me that uh, he, he loved me, uh, I, this Christmas, you know, God really needs to give me this, or this Christmas, God, I just wish you would show me this, or this Christmas, God, I want you to, to do this. We have all of these, like, fill in the blanks of, God, I'll, I'll know you love me if you do this. God, I'll know you love me if you fix this. God, I'll know you love me if you change this. And, and the reality is, is, you need to understand God loves you for what he's already done. You need to understand the depth of God's love for you this Christmas. And some of us, we even say, you know, I, we're, we're upset because God allowed certain things to happen. And we're blaming God because of a fallen world that Jesus came to fix. We live in a fallen world where there's sin abounds, and it's because of humanity's rebellion against God's perfect world. But but some of us were upset with God because of a, a sinful, fallen world that Jesus came to fix and restore and says, one day I will come back and I will set all things right. Um, and, and some of us, we just need to recognize uh, God does love us. God is at work. God can redeem any situation and bring wholeness and healing and freedom. And so uh, this, this is the Christmas story. God loved us. Because of our sin, he sent his son. And that is the motive behind it. And then the last thing you could just write in your notes is this. The response to the season is to receive and to share. To receive and to share. So um, it, it does start with your receiving this love. Um, and so if you're here and, and you have not yet stepped across that line and said, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. If you're still trying to perform your way to make God happy with you, if you've still bought into the lie that, well, when I get good enough, I'll, I'll turn back to God. When I, when I fix this area of my life, then I'll respond to God. You just need to know that that's not the order in which the gospel works. The order in which the gospel works is you can't fix yourself. You are broken. You are full of sin. And all of us were there at one point. And, and it's simply acknowledging our sin. And it doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It doesn't mean you're, you're uh, doing evil things. It just means you're not living the, lay, the way God calls you to live. You're, you're, not, 
you're not surrendering your life to God's will. And so it starts by simply surrendering and receiving God's love. Somebody can give you the greatest Christmas present this year, but if you don't unwrap that sucker under the tree and you don't open it, it's no good to you, right? I mean, he's given us the greatest gift, but we have to receive it. We, we've got to receive it, and we do that. Um, it starts by, by just praying and surrendering, uh, but it's more than that. It's more than just praying a prayer. It is, it is turning our life towards God and saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to follow you. I'm going to begin to live my life the way you call me to live my life. That is how we turn our life towards God. And, and then he does all the heavy lifting and, and then helps us. Now, many of us who are here today, many of us watching online, we've already taken that step. We've already said, well, okay, I stepped across that line. I've, I've asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, be Lord of my life. And, and then what are we called to do then? The, the second part of that is to share. It's not just to receive, it's, it's to share it with others. And, and this Advent season over the next several weeks is an amazing opportunity for us to do that. Um, all over, um, you'll see on the tables about here, in the cafe, there are all kinds of these random acts of kindness cards. Um, they're wallet size, so you can, I've got four or five in my wallet right now, um, that this week, that you can look for the opportunity to just give someone this, something extra to show God loves you. And on the back side, it just says, and so do we, and it just has uh, Crossbridge Church and our website. And there's an amazing opportunity for you to just look for kindness opportunities compassion opportunities. There's a hundred different ways that you can express love to different people during this season. And just let them know, hey, this is something extra to show you God loves you. Just that this isn't about me. This is showing you God loves you. And so do we. And you, we have forgotten how to be kind in our culture. We just have. I, I, was, um, I, I opened a door for somebody recently and um, I just kind of caught the door and I held it for him. And you just said, hey, you know, how, how you doing today? Just normal, right? Like, you know, I'm not a rock star because I held a door and said hello, right? You should have seen how this person just lit up. And I mean, it was like, it was like I did something extraordinary. And the reason is, is we've just forgotten how to be kind. We, as a culture, we've forgotten how to be personal with one another. And so, you know, I hate to say this, but the bar is so low, it's not even hard, just like, I mean, it's not even hard, really. I mean, there's a really low bar right now. Um, it's, it's never been easier to, like, impress somebody with your kindness than right now. So do that. It, be the kinds of people that God calls us to be and express love. And when you do, if you're just kind to someone, then, you know, um, I, I don't know who coined this phrase. I, I think... It was Billy Graham or Franklin Graham. But if you're just kind to people, then all you've done is you've made, you've made the road to hell smoother. Um, if, we don't, if we don't let them know that Jesus is the reason that we're being kind, if we're just kind, if we fix somebody's problem but we don't point them to Jesus, all we've done is made the road to hell smoother. We, we need to be kind. We need to intercede. We need to fix people's problems. We need to help people. But we need to point them to Jesus while we do it because he's the reason that we have the love to share with them in the first place. And the other way that we can do that is just uh, invite people to Christmas Eve. I, I cannot, we'll, we'll talk about this. This is, 
This is what I know. I, I'll, I'll talk about this, I'll talk about this, and I'll talk about this, and the odds are 50% of you won't invite anybody to Christmas Eve. And I just can't tell you how that breaks my heart. Because there are people all around you who are going to hell. There are people all around you who don't know Jesus. There are people all around you who are lost in their sin, just like you were, and you've received this amazing gift, and we hoard it to ourselves. And I'm begging you to take a Christmas Eve invite card and invite somebody to Christmas Eve. That, you know, if if our greatest goal on the Christmas offering is 100% participation, my my even greater goal is 100% that we would all invite one person. That we would all invite someone. We have four Christmas Eve services. Invite someone. It's not even that hard. They're more willing to say yes to a Christmas Eve service than any other time. Wednesday night and Thursday night Christmas Eve services, we've got a petting zoo here from 545 to 645, and and we've got a live nativity and a petting zoo. It's so easy to invite someone to come to a Christmas Eve service. Invite them to join you. And some of you are like, I didn't know about that. That's because it didn't happen until this week. Merry Christmas. Um, uh, So... um, in fact, the contract's going to be signed on Monday. So, Terry, you're going to help me with that. All right. Um, so, um, <clears throat> anyway, um, invite someone, right? Um, this is going to be a special time of year. I promise you we'll do our part to share the gospel and to clearly communicate God's love for people. If you'll invite someone, we'll do our part. And, and we will make sure this isn't just a feel-good service. It will be a feel-good service, but the gospel will be presented. And that's really important that that happens at Christmas Eve. And then finally, last, um, the Christmas Eve offering. In two weeks, we have our Christmas Eve offering. And I, I just want to encourage you to be in prayer. How can your giving make a difference, not just here, but around the world? How can your giving provide clean water for people who don't have it this year? How can your giving save tens of thousands of babies and moms in Kenya? How can, how can your giving make a difference in blessing our community in ways that we want to do that? And, and I just believe as we all give sacrificially and as we respond to God's love to us by loving others through acts of kindness, through invitations to hear the good news of Jesus, and through our financial giving, God will do amazing things in us and through us because as we share God's love, God fills us in greater ways with his love. And I'm just telling you, you can't outgive God's love. The more of God's love you share with other people, the more he is gonna fill you with his love. And, and my hope and my prayer is we will be a church that is just pouring his love out in amazing ways and being filled anew and afresh with his love this Christmas season. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the magnitude of your love for us. Lord, I thank you that you loved us enough to give your son. We're so grateful that Jesus came. We're so grateful that our sins could be forgiven, that we can be redeemed and restored. Lord, I pray right now for those that are here that maybe 
have never yet stepped across that line, those who are watching online who have never yet chosen to receive you, Lord, I, I pray that even today that there would be some people that would, would understand that this isn't about them behaving better. This is about you sending your son for them. And that they would simply just receive the gift. That they would say, Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I believe that you loved me so much that you sent your son to die for me. That they would simply declare that this morning. They would simply receive your love for them. And, and Lord, in, in recognizing that it's not about performance and it's not about how good they are. It's, it's simply about receiving. And then, Lord, somehow by the power of your Spirit and by our desire and our choices to intentionally follow you, you enable us to change our life. But we can't do that on our own. Lord, whenever we lean into the, to Satan's lie to fix our lives before we come to you, we, we find frustration and we find, we find all kinds of just frustration that we aren't good enough, we can't measure up. But Lord, when we simply receive and bask in your love, we are changed. We're grateful that the reason for the season was sin. We're grateful that you chose to interact in our lives, that you chose to intervene on our behalf, that you chose to do something, and, and that you saw our sin, and instead of just seeing us in our sin and saying, well, they chose it, you chose to do something for us. It changes everything. God, we love you today. We, we thank you for what you have done for us. We pray that we would be reminded this morning that our sin is what brought Christmas and that it was your love for us that was the motive behind Christmas and that we would receive it and we would share it in greater ways this season. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As you go from here today, my prayer is that you would experience God's love in a greater way and that you would be able to share that with those around you. Go in His peace, you're dismissed.